This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 125, Love Your Looks. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Hi there, Ms. Unstoppable. I am so excited for today's episode and what I'm going to share with you. I want to jump right into it, but before I do, I want to give a shout out to everyone who leaves reviews for the show, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't, you are always welcome to go leave a review for the show on my Facebook page. You just go over to Facebook, search Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, Preston, Over there, you'll see my business page and you can leave a review for the show there. And just know when you leave a review for the show, then you can take a picture of it and submit it to a link that will be in the show notes. And when you do that, you get a free copy of my podcast book. In this podcast book, my admin Rachel and I took all the first hundred episodes of the show and we created one page summaries on each episode. So this book is truly a study guide for life. Anytime you're going through something, a career change or dealing with a certain feeling, you know, we talk about so many different things in those first hundred episodes, you will be able to go flip to that page and get the quick and easy summary of step-by-step what to do in order to allow yourself to thrive during, you know, that transition you're making or whatever you're feeling, et cetera, et cetera. So please go leave a review for the show. Take that picture, go to the link in show notes, and I'll just give it to you here now too. It's lindsayepreston.com forward slash 100, and it's just the numbers 100, and then you submit that picture and give us your email, and then Rachel will email that over to you. If you are a current client, you also get that book printed and shipped to you as well. So pretty cool stuff. All right, today we're talking about loving your looks. And I have a story for you as we get into this episode. So this past year in 2021, I have been doing some very deep transformative work and coaching, and I'm talking about me being the client. I've had two primary coaches. The first I've talked about on the show often with Casey Joy, who considers herself an embodiment coach. So really getting people into their bodies. And Casey's been a client of mine. I saw how she was transformed in her life by doing that embodiment work. And I was like, Casey, I want some of that in my life as she became, you know, more certified as a coach in that work. And it's been so eye-opening and transformative to really get into my body. You know, I've done a ton of mindset work over the years and been in my head. And granted, I have been a dancer most of my life. And so you would think I would be in touch with my body. 
but it was just this new layer that I needed in order to really heal some things and move forward. You know, Casey said it best when I had a consult with her was, Lindsay, your head is completely on board with the life that you want to have, but your body is holding you back. Your body's still like, hey, we need some stuff to release here. And so we've been doing that work. Again, been so amazing and this whole new level for me and a beautiful, beautiful thing. Also, I have had an anti-racism coach, Alyssa. And Alyssa and I have been doing weekly one-on-one sessions as well. And I haven't talked as much about Alyssa and I haven't brought her on the show yet because I feel like I'm just getting to a place now about six months into the coaching where I'm just at a place where I can start to articulate the changes that have happened within me by doing that work. And it's been so amazing to, in essence, what feels like shed all of these societal layers that many of us are exposed to and we don't even question and we don't even realize we're being shown those layers. And while logically I knew about the BS society has put on us with, you know, thoughts about women and about, you know, different cultures and about our bodies and all that stuff. But doing the work with Alyssa, I've just dug deeper. And I guess too, as I've been doing this embodiment work with Casey, it's like I've been taking what I've always known logically with those societal messages and really processing it through my body and feeling through that. And so again, it's just been so transformative and I can't wait to bring Alyssa on the show and to talk all the things that we have gone through the past few months as we've coached together because what she does is amazing work. And um, I really just want to articulate even more what that work has done for me. But I say all of this because what's happened in the past few weeks for me has just been so transformative in regards to my body. And you hear me use the word transformative a lot today because that's just how I'm feeling. So just to give you kind of a rundown of what's been going on is I recently got back from a trip to Hawaii and I went for two weeks. I've never taken a vacation that long before in my entire life. And this was the first vacation in the seven years I've had my business where I was able to fully disconnect because my admin Rachel has been on my team now for over a year. We just celebrated her one year anniversary in June and I've trained Rachel all year long to be able to support me in a way where I don't even need to be in my business. Now, granted, of course, I have my one-on-one clients and my group clients and, you know, Rachel can't take over there. But what was cool is that I also have Casey in my business. So Casey coaches my clients as well, especially my group clients. And so I was gone. Casey coached my group clients. And so my one-on-one clients were a little bit in a pickle, but... I really prepped them before I left, but otherwise my business was running very smoothly without me. And so during these two weeks in Hawaii, I really wanted it to be a time where I was stepping into a new version of me. You know, again, I've been doing this work with Alyssa and Casey over the year. And I was like, okay, I'm just at this point where it's like, I'm just on the edge of this transformation from doing this work. And I really want to figure out what it is in Hawaii and really just integrate what that work has done for me and really just, you know, shift in a way to fully embody this person that I feel like I've been becoming over the past few months. 
And Hawaii had its ups and downs. You know, I started the vacation feeling amazing. You know, we're at the airport, which the airport is typically not a fun and sexy place. But I was on a high of just like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my business for two weeks. This is incredible. And Hawaii is a trip that I mostly paid for with my money from my business, which just feels so amazing too. Because if you've heard my coach journey, you know, for a long time, my business was making money, but I wasn't taking money out for myself. And if you watch Shark Tank a lot too, you realize this is a pretty common thing of like, oh yeah, we made, you know, 1.5 million. And they're like, well, what did you take home? They're like, oh, we took home 30K or we took home nothing. Right. So yeah, I just didn't pay myself for a while and I'm starting to pay myself now. And it's just, it just felt incredible. Like, oh my gosh, I've done this. Look at what I've created. I've been dreaming of this moment for so long. Whereas my husband, as we started the trip, was in a headspace where he just was low energy. You could tell he was very stressed. Now, granted, on travel days, he tends to take the lead on things because he used to travel a lot for work. And so he's just like, you know, kind of a pro at everything. And so he leads us. And I know there's some stress with that. And he doesn't particularly like traveling in that way, you know, of flying and all of that. So I just felt a lot of disappointment that he wasn't in the same headspace as I was because the kids and I were in that headspace and it was just so magical and beautiful to be there with him. And I started to get really resentful toward him and mad toward him that he wasn't in that space. And what happened then is I was starting to get patient, like, okay, he's going to, he's going to he's going to flip, he's going to shift, he's going to, you know, make the adjustment to get in what we call vacation Jason, because <laughs> the name Jason, and he just can get so fun on vacations. And he just wasn't making it. And day after day went by, and I started to get really frustrated. And I started to get resentful and mad at him, to a point where we got in an argument. And part of the argument was, well, you know, the way that you treat me and the way that you make these little side remarks at me is not helpful. And I just started to get to a place where I could see even more the depth of when I get in that critical headspace, how detrimental it is. Because I was also watching my brother and sister-in-law and their marriage and, you know, she didn't criticize him. And he does some things that would probably bother me. Like he's very forgetful and things of that sort. And I would probably make little side remarks of like, hey, come on, let's let's fix this. Let's make this better. And instead she just was like, oh, that's just what he does. And not in a way too where it's like dismissive or yeah, I just can't explain another way of, of being dismissive. You know, like sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, like she's doing way too much for him, right? It was just in a way of unconditional love. And two, on this trip, I saw my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and their relationship. And I was seeing some comparison with my relationship of things that I don't really like. And I was just kind of observing and I was taking things in. And again, as I was taking all of this in, I was like, I just feel like I'm really ready to let go of being critical toward my husband. And I realized the core thought as... I get critical is that I don't trust that he's going to, in essence, shift out of it, or I don't trust that he's going to grow. And, you know, if I continue to think that he's not going to grow or shift or change, that's what I'm going to keep manifesting. Because think about it, when you're trying to grow and shift and change, and somebody's sitting there like showing you your crap over and over again and being critical about it, it makes it worse, right? And it's not that, again, I'm being dismissive here with him or 
that I'm giving him a free pass because he knows where he needs to grow. He was very apparent with me of Lindsay. I see now even more how I can be uptight. I see that I have this anxiety that I need to let go of. And he was making the shift and I was just making it worse. So anyways, I was starting to just really let go of what I consider the wall around me of not letting him in, right? And so a couple days later, we had this opportunity where I just arranged it where we were able to go to the hotel, him and I, alone and be in our room. Because just to give you some logistics of the trip, my brother and sister-in-law live in Hawaii. My brother-in-law is in the military. And so they are stationed there for the next three years. And so my mother and my I can't even get all the terms right, but my mother-in-law and father-in-law were staying at their house and me and my kids and my husband were staying at a hotel for most of the trip. And so we would, you know, sleep at the hotel and then we would go over to their house and hang out and go to the beach and do whatever we're going to do for the day. So anyways, there was a moment where my husband and I could go back to the hotel by ourselves during the day and shower and get ready and all the things. And some of you, this may be TMI. Okay, this episode is probably going to be a lot of TMI, so just prepare yourself, okay, because I'm going to talk about body stuff, obviously, and in that is sex and some other body stuff, and so please don't listen to this episode around kids, and if you're not into that, like, maybe turn this off, okay? But anyways, I arranged for us to go back to the hotel, and part of that was like, great, we're going to go back to the hotel, we're going to have this time, we're going to have this amazing sex, and our hotel room looked right over the ocean, and you could open the windows, and you could just take in the fullness of the ocean, and it's just it's just beautiful. And so we go back to the hotel, and I shower, and then I'm laying on the bed, and I'm wearing like this sundress, and then he goes and showers, and then he comes out, and he's like, all right, let's go like meaning to go back to the house of his brother's house. And I was like, what the hell? Like granted, I was not very forward about, yeah, we're going to go back to the room. We're going to do this. And I didn't include him on my plan, but I just kind of assumed it's like, okay, we have time together in the middle of the day with no kids in this beautiful room. Why would you not think, hey, let me go have sex with my wife, you know? So in Hawaii at the time too, they still have a lot of mask mandates. So he puts on his mask and he's like, let's go. Because there was still a part of me that was like, okay, maybe I'll just stand up and I'll go give him this amazing kiss and it will make him realize, hey, Lindsay really wants <laughs> me to be with her right now. But he put on his mask so damn fast and I was like, oh my gosh. And because the, a couple of days prior, I had really decided I wasn't going to get mad anymore and I wasn't going to get frustrated. What happened next, and I talk about this often on the show and with my clients all the time, the core of anger is sadness. Anytime that you're mad about anything or frustrated or pissed or whatever you want to call it, it's really that you just need to get to sadness. And finally, I allowed myself to feel very sad. And I walked out of the hotel room and we pushed the elevator button because we're like on the 30th floor. Again, like such a beautiful room, right? And I turned to him and I said, you just had an opportunity to have sex with me and you didn't take it. And he's like, oh my gosh, babe, I didn't even think about it. And granted, I could have easily have shifted that conversation to where we get back in the room and we, you know, I got what I wanted. But instead, I just felt so deeply sad in that moment. And from that sadness, I started to bring forth all of these thoughts about the way that I look that I felt like had gone away for a long time. Like I thought those things were healed. I thought those things are out of me, but instead it was just like all the things 
that have been going on in my unconscious came to the conscious mind. Lindsay, you're disgusting. He doesn't want to have sex with you because of this, 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 this. And I just got really curious. I was like, whoa, okay, here's what's going on in my mind, right? But I was still feeling through that I had felt deeply rejected by my husband. And I had felt the feeling of, wow, this is where our marriage is at right now. We're at a place where we have the opportunity to have sex in this amazing room and we don't. Like, what is that, right? And so I just allowed myself for a few days to just feel deeply sad about where my marriage was at. And granted, you could be like, Lindsay, it's just one thing. You know, it didn't go your way. You didn't have sex. What's the big deal? But this is where my marriage has been at for a couple of years of just like, go, 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 grow, 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 kids, kids, kids. You know, especially this past year with Corona, right? It's like, it's been a lot. And I just really sat there. I was like, wow, this is where we're at. Like, we're just in a space where we're not prioritizing each other as much as I want to. We're just not in a headspace of thinking about each other sexually that often. We're in a space of like everybody and everything else comes before us. And it's just grow, 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 more, more, more. In essence, too, money, money, money. Because we've just had all these money goals of like coming together as a couple. And we had some debt to clear up. And then it was like, okay, now we've got to hit these savings goals. And we recently hit a really big savings goal. But even just hitting that really big goal, you know, I was excited and he was flatlined. He was just like, oh yeah, no big deal. And again, I felt that deep sadness of like, what the hell? Like, why are we doing all of this if you're not even freaking excited about it? And I started to realize of like, okay, this money stuff is like deep shit for him. Like he's got more work to do here and I'm not playing into his money scarcity issues anymore because... I thought by us hitting this milestone, he would be happier. And he's just not. And he keeps telling me, well, we haven't technically hit it yet. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, we've hit the fucking milestone. (laughs) Like, whatever. So anyways, I'm feeling these feelings as I'm feeling the sadness. I'm listening to the thoughts in my head of what is coming up for me about my body and the way that I look and who I am. And I just, you know, again, just was curious. was like, okay, here's what's going on here, right? And so fast forward a couple of days later on the trip, we decided we were going to do this excursion where we were going to go swim with sharks. And it was something that my brother-in-law had already done with some of his kids. And initially it's going to be where we're in this cage and like, oh, this is going to be so fun, right? And I will be very frank with you. I get anxiety in the water. It's not that I don't know how to swim. It's just I get in the water and for whatever reason, I get anxious, You know, if you're a spiritual person and you're into like past life stuff, I swear to you in a past life, I must have drowned or something. If you're not into that, ignore that. But it just doesn't make logical sense why I have anxiety in the water. Nothing has happened to me. I just get anxious. And so I've done similar excursions in the past on my honeymoon when we were in Bora Bora. My husband and I did a private tour where we went and swam with sharks and stingrays and fish and all this other stuff, right? And I had anxiety, but my husband was with me the entire time because, again, it was a private tour. And so when he would get off the boat, he would get in the water and then he would immediately wait for me. And then I would get in the water and I would get anxious and snorkel with him. And I, of course, also had a life jacket on. (laughs) So there was really like very little way that I could drown. But it was just a lot like of being in the water and then being around these animals. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, can I fully trust that these animals aren't going to hurt me? And so 
you know, and, and other instances, it had worked. I had my anxiety, but I was able to push through it. But in this shark excursion, it ended up shifting where we weren't going to be in a cage. We we're going to swim fully with the sharks. So even then my brother-in-law is nervous because he hadn't done something like this. The kids are nervous. My daughter is there too. And she's never snorkeled before, but she has this tendency too to be like overly confident about things. And then she gets out there and then she gets hurt. And so I was just having a lot of anxiety that day. I didn't initially even know if I was going to go because after even I had gone in Bora Bora when we did the shark thing, yes, I was fine in the water, but the next day I had woken up and I was throwing up everywhere. And in essence, I didn't have food poisoning. I didn't catch a bug. It was truly because it was just such an out of this world experience for me and so out of my comfort zone to go in the water and swim with those kinds of animals that my body just couldn't handle it. And so I didn't really know if I wanted to have that experience again, where I was just going to have to likely feel sick the next day, but it worked out that I was going to go on the boat. And so I did. And, you know, we're going out there and this boat ride is kind of wild in essence. And I hate getting wet because the water was really cold and it's salt water. And so it gets in your eyes and it stings. And again, the boat's really crazy and, you know, I'm not used to being on a boat. And so that alone was a lot. Then we get out into the water where we're going to get in the water with sharks and these sharks start coming up and you just see these gigantic sharks. And I'm like, holy crap, because we're conditioned in the media, you know, the movie sharks even of, I think that's what it was called, sharks. But the movies of like, Donna, 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 and the sharks are going to come and they're going to eat you and they're going to tear you apart and eat you alive, right? And that's just so not true. Sharks are actually very calm creatures. And so anyways, you know, even though I know that logically, there's a part of me that's like, holy shit, like I'm about to get in the water with sharks. And so I watched my husband get in first because I wanted him to get in first so that he could be there for my daughter. So then my daughter gets in and I'm watching her like a hawk. I make her wear a life jacket too. And she's just like loving it. She's like, oh my gosh, mom, this is so cool. And she does not freak out. She was not in over her hat. And I was like, oh shit, like she's okay. It really looks like I'm going to be getting in the water. Then my brother-in-law and his kids get in and they're all doing well. And then it was like, okay, I'm the last one on the boat. Am I going to get in? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be fine. And then my husband, he pops his head up from snorkeling and he tells our guide, Taylor, he's like, Taylor, go get my wife and get her off the boat. And there was a part of me that started to panic a little bit of like, oh, oh my gosh, like I'm getting this special treatment. That's right. I'm not really good in the water. Holy shit. What am I doing? But then I get in the water. She holds my hand. She takes me out there. I'm seeing these sharks. I'm seeing the depth of the ocean, which they had said was something like 350 feet. And I start having a level 10 panic attack, level 10, like, (gasps) like I can't breathe. Right. And I'm looking up and every time I look up uh, the panic attack subsides, but they had told us with the shark adventure, you have to keep your eyes on the water. You need to keep eye contact with the sharks because that helps them feel at peace with you. Right. And so I'm putting my head up and I'm like, holy shit, I got to keep my head in the water. So I put my head back in the water. I start having massive anxiety again. And I was like, listen, I can't do this. And so I start swimming back to the boat. The, the captain pulls me up. He's like, great job. It doesn't matter how long you lasted. You just did it. I was probably in the water maybe one whole minute, to be honest. But it was so eye-opening for me because something I have been working on too recently, and especially my embodiment coaching with Casey, is that I always have this low-level anxiety and I don't know why. And I was able to see in that experience, the depth of my anxiety of like, holy shit, I have level 10 anxiety that lives inside of me. And here it is, right? 
And that could be a whole nother episode on a whole nother day about all of that. But I want to take it back to the shark adventure. And even my husband, he saw me get back on the boat. He pops his head up and he's like, do you want me to come get you? And I said, no, 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 stay out there. And so I'm just like back on the boat. I'm trying to catch my breath and take it in. I'm watching everyone have their fun. And I feel like too, I wasn't disappointed in myself. I was so proud of myself. And so I didn't have negative self-talk with that. But later when we got back to the house and we're, you know, processing everything and I was like, what was it about Bora Bora that allowed me to stay in the water? And what was it about Hawaii that I wasn't able to? And we came to the conclusion that it was because I had my husband there and he was holding my hand. And I knew that if something went really wrong, that I would be able to tell him and he would be able to help me. But in this adventure, I'd gotten off the boat. I was by myself. My husband was like, I don't know, a couple feet away. And I would have had to swim over there. I was just really scared that my anxiety was going to get me to a place where I couldn't breathe. And I would, in essence, drown, even with a life vest on. I know. I don't know. You know, our brains are crazy sometimes. And I realized in that moment, oh, my God, there are moments that I actually need my husband. And again, it was like another piece of my wall started to come down of like, Lindsay, let him in. You don't have to be like this badass bitch. You know, even though I love this podcast of Unstoppable Woman, it doesn't mean that you can do everything for yourself. And again, logically, I knew this stuff, but I needed to fill it in my body, right? And so I started to just like take that in of, wow, not only do I really need him, but I deeply love him. I deeply, deeply love this man. And why is it that I'm always trying to criticize him and say that he's not growing fast enough and seeing what's wrong with him? Like, Lindsay, you've got to let that go, right? And so I'm taking that in. And from that, some things happen with my body that I don't really know if I need to get into that there. But in essence, what happened is I could feel the night after the shark adventure, I woke up and I couldn't sleep because I was just still trying to integrate the experience and I could feel tingling down in my vaginal area. And I told my body, I said, whatever you need to get out of my body, get it out. And the next day I woke up with a UTI or otherwise known as a bladder infection and a yeast infection. And it's crazy because I knew that by me having those experiences, in my lady parts, you know, people call it vagina, vulva, whatever. I call it vagina for right now because it's internal stuff. But I knew too, I was like shedding this layer of not being in my feminine energy with him because, you know, it was like, oh, I have this wall. I can do everything myself. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Again, I could be a whole nother episode, but going back to this body stuff, you're like, Lindsay, why are you telling me this long story about the body stuff? So what has happened since? right? You remember when I said we had that moment at the hotel where we could be intimate and we weren't and all that self-talk came up for me. And so I came home and I've just been really taking in like, what the hell happened in Hawaii? What, what was that growth? Because again, I had gone into Hawaii saying, okay, I'm going to step into this new layer of me. Like I'm going to fully, you know, be Lindsay, you know, 5.0, like I'm in essence getting an update. What really happened there? And so I had a session with Casey where I just talked about the Hawaii experience and I integrated it even more of what had happened. And as time has gone on, now it's been two weeks since we've been back. I've integrated it even more. And what has come up for me, especially the past few days, has been what feels like this last layer of shit about the way that I look in order for me to fully just be vulnerable physically, emotionally, mentally with my husband. And what came up the most was 
stuff around my breasts. Now, if you've listened to the show or you're a client of mine, you know I have done work around my breasts. I am not a chesty person, you know, in regards to society standards. I believe my bra size at this time is probably like a 32B. I need to go get measured again because, you know, I had a baby and nursed and lost weight and all this stuff. So I believe I'm about a 32B again, if that gives you any kind of insight. So I'm just not, you know, in society standards, again, a chesty person. And that has always been something that has played my mind of, Lindsay, you are not beautiful because you are not chesty. There's something wrong with you. You're not proportional. And for whatever reason, the past few days, it's just really been loud as I've been clearing out these layers of like, yes, I'm going to let my husband in. I'm going to let the wall down. And my God, it has been loud. And so luckily I had a session a few days ago with Casey and I, I just let it out. I was like, I've heard in Hawaii, the shit that I tell myself about my looks, especially my body and my breasts. And I just need a session to just like fully talk about this. And so we did. And I really went there and I let my inner critic talk in essence. And I was like, Lindsay, you are not attractive. You are disgusting. And Casey even would question me. She's like, you don't think you're attractive at all? And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just ugly. And I just like let it all out. And even though, again, logically, I knew this stuff wasn't true. It was like, I needed to, in essence, like vomit that word, those words out and get them out of my body. But in that moment, it felt so real. All the stuff I was telling myself. And even the next day we had a group session for my living the dream group program. And I just happened to attend a session that Casey was leading. And she did a meditation about stepping in essence into your divine feminine power. And my inner critic was just still really strong on that session of Lindsay, you know, look at you, you've got all these toxic traits and da da da. And she just was nasty. And then the day after that, I have a session with Alyssa and we were going to be talking about something else. And we started the session. I was like, Alyssa, I know we're supposed to talk about this today, but I really want to talk about the diet industry and about messaging we get as women toward our body, because I feel like I'm finally ready to like fully look at this bullshit industry. And I'm starting to fully see how fucking toxic it is. (laughs) And so we did. And we spent the hour and we were, you know, unpacking all of these messages that I felt I had been getting. The biggest one for me is that unless you're an hourglass figure, no matter what size you are, even if you're a size 25, if you have an hourglass figure, you are still considered beautiful. And I will tell you, I believe this because even when I see things in the media now of like, oh, we're being more inclusive. And like this past week, for example, Sports Illustrated had a catwalk and they, you know, let, you know, curvier girls in there and girls that, you know, weren't fully toned and all that. But every one that they showcased still had an hourglass figure. And I was like, see, here it is. It's like society's like, oh yeah, we'll accept any size now, but if we still only want hourglass figures. And so we just unpack that over and over about different ways and messaging. And and what came out of that session was a couple of things for me that I want to share here in essence to help you start to maybe shift some things about you and your looks. But one of my biggest takeaways is we were going through how I look from top to bottom and we were checking in with each area of, do I feel it's authentic? And so we were going up to my hair. Do I feel it's authentic that I dye my hair blonde? And at this time, my answer is yes. I like my hair blonde and I like it long. I'm going down to my lashes. I get my lashes done. Do I feel that's authentic? Yes. Sometimes I get Botox. Do I feel that's authentic? Yes. So we're going down. And then once we get to my breasts, it was, do I feel it's authentic the way that I showcase my breasts? And 
because too, I've been doing this embodiment work. I now know what it feels like in my body when something is a yes and something is a no. And everything in my body said no. And that's because I often wear padded bras. I wear bras that make me look bigger than what I am. And I told Alyssa, I was like, no, I do not represent myself in my breasts authentically. And I said, but here's the thing. If I do that, none of my clothes are going to fit because I don't fill them out in the chest. And I, that's just what I have to do. And she's like, mm, let's look at that a different way. She's like, what if instead of you going in and you're trying on these clothes and you're like, oh, in essence, there's something wrong with my body. I need to fix my body in order to fit the clothes. You shift it to actually there's something wrong with the clothes. These clothes aren't a good fit for my body. And I will tell you that shift was fucking powerful for me because I realized my entire life, granted post puberty, you know, when I started to get breasts, I've always gone in and been like, oh yeah, this doesn't fit here. Okay. Well, I'm just going to have to wear this sort of bra in order for it to fit versus being like, no, I'm actually not going to accept these clothes that you're offering me. And if I, if you, that I am going to select those clothes and I'm going to go get them altered so that they do fit my body, which again, I think goes back to a recent podcast episode called authentic styling where I interview stylist Delia and Allison, which if you haven't listened to that one, it's so great for this supplement to this episode because she talks about that. It's all of our clothing is about our fit, the fit of the clothes. And so I was hearing her voice as I was hearing Alyssa's voice of like the fit, the fit, the fit, the fit. And I just had this really powerful shift in that coaching session of, yeah, it's the clothes. And Alyssa had shared with me that she has recently gone braless the past year. And Alyssa's a chesty woman. And she's like, you know, I walk out and I'm thinking, okay, maybe my breasts are saggy or this or that, but it's really allowed me, Lindsay, to just love my body. And I was so inspired by that. I was like, yeah, there have been times I've wanted to go braless and granted I can, I don't, I have a chest size. I don't really need a bra, but I, I did it once very briefly and I ran back to the room and I put on a bra because it just felt way too uncomfortable. And so I challenged myself this was on Wednesday when I had the session with Alyssa and I was like, okay, the next day I'm going to go braless. So I show up to work and granted I work in an office space where, you know, everybody kind of rents out different rooms. And so there's many different businesses here. And so they're not my coworkers, but I'm around people. So I show up into this office building and I want to add to that too, is this is a nice office building. <laughs> like people are usually pretty dressed up here. I show up in a t-shirt with no bra and jeans and I come in my office Granted, I'm not around a lot of people during the day, but people did see me. And I ended up having two different client calls where I'm on video and I'm braless. And the whole day, the amount of shit my mind told me about my body and my breasts was so loud. It was almost unbearable how loud it was. I was so massively uncomfortable. I cannot even begin to tell you how uncomfortable it felt. It truly felt like I was naked the entire day and I was showing my naked body to the world. That's just how dramatic it felt in my mind. And so what happens is I got on Instagram in the evening time as I had gone on most of the day with this and I just started to talk and I was like, here's what's going on for me. I'm at this place where I want to love and accept my body and my breasts and I've gone braless and it feels massively uncomfortable. And this is just part of growth. And so if you're growing in that way, just know the massive uncomfortableness is part of it. Right. And I started to get all of these DMS, like, you know, DM after DM from women like Lindsay, I feel that way about my stomach or Lindsay. I feel my that way about my legs or Lindsay. I feel this way about that. And I was like, 
holy shit. Because some of these women that were messaging me too, they, to me, have fabulous breasts. But yet their mind then goes to, well, your stomach or your legs or your ass or this or that, right? And again, I just kind of took in was like, yeah, this is the shit we put up with as women. We are just subtly or not subtly told day after day how we need to look one certain way. And if we don't meet that, or even if we do meet that, it's like our brain can just not shut it off. And I'm just sitting there and I'm observing all of these messages coming in. And it went back to what Alyssa and I were coaching on the day prior about no matter really what body we have, we're going to criticize it no matter what, because of the shit society tells us. And I was just seeing it in the, in the flesh of like, holy shit, this is what we do. And I will tell you that night when I'm driving home from work, because this was a long work day for me, I'm driving home about nine o'clock at night. It was like the clouds had parted and the thoughts finally started to diminish about how shitty my body was. And I was reminded of something Stacey Beeman said once on one of her podcasts. And granted, Stacey Beeman is a business coach for life coaches. And she talks about often about going to networking events and introducing yourself as a life coach and how scary it's going to feel at first. And then she says something like, after you do it, you're going to show your brain like, hey, we didn't die. We don't need to be as nervous as what we are. And I was reminded of that story in that moment of, wow, my brain was just totally freaking out that I was in essence going to die, which in essence, the real thought was that I was going to be so socially rejected because, you know, I don't meet this certain beauty standard. And I realized like, no, people don't really care. They don't really care. And if they do care what I look like, that's their own shit. And we're all in this together. And again, logically, like I fucking knew this shit, but it was just like a new layer, right? Of really just feeling through this in my body. And I will tell you, I came home and I was like, I'm done. I am done. I am so done criticizing the way that I look. Like I'm just fucking done. It was like I needed that massive discomfort of that entire day going braless to finally just be like, this is the shit that I've been so scared of. It's really not that fucking scary. And I am so tired of spending my mental energy around my fucking body and or about something else with my looks because it's not just my body. Sometimes it's about my nose or about my chin or many other things. I'm like, I'm just done with this shit. And I came home and during the day when the voice had been really loud, I sat down with a journal and I had put on the top of the page my body and I'd written all the negative thoughts I think about it. Again, things like I'm unproportional, I look like a boy, I'm not beautiful, blah, 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 right? And so the big thing that was really loud was the the thought that I'm not proportional and that my clothes aren't going to fit if I don't wear a bra. And so what I started to do is I started to try on all my clothes and miraculously, they actually fit. And some of them that didn't fit, it would be like, yeah, I just take it to a tailor. I get a little tweak here, a little tuck here, and it'll fit. And I started to tell my husband of like, here's what's going on for me. This is how I feel. And I, in essence, like did a fashion show for him. And I was like, I really want you to be honest with me. And he just held this beautiful space for me to try on these clothes. And some of these clothes, like I like to wear a lot of lace sometimes. And so some of these clothes, I put on this lace stuff and I had no like undergarment with it. So in essence, it was like, basically I was topless and I would come out and I would show him and he was like, oh my gosh, babe, that is so sexy and so hot. And granted too, we don't want to look to external people to make us feel better, but 
it tied into this work I'm doing with my marriage and letting my wall down and all that. And I, it was just a beautiful place to be able to grow in this way and have him be a part of it, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because I know for a lot of my clients, when I'm working with them, you know, it's me and them. And it's like, okay, you're going to work on this. You're going to do this thing. And really, you know, again, I don't want them dependent on external people and circumstances to do the work. But where I'm at now, and I've been teaching my more advanced clients this, is something with Maslow and its hierarchy of needs. And if you're familiar with it, you know the top of Maslow's triangle is self-actualization and being like, yes, I love myself. I own myself. I'm in the highest of my potential. But what I've been learning as I've been doing deeper research is Maslow took his hierarchy of needs off of, oh, and I'm going to butcher this, but it was some Indian tribe. I think it was the first, I don't know if it's the Cherokees or what, but he took it off of some tribe, didn't credit them. And what their triangle was, was that self-actualization was actually at the bottom. And then beyond that was being in your community and these other layers. And I realized too, as I've learned that is like self-actualization is actually just the beginning because after self-actualization, then it's like inviting other people in to your world as a self-actualized person. And I just feel like that's where I'm at right now of really allowing my husband to be in this space with me. And it's not in a way of being needy or having him make me feel better. It's truly at a place of like, this is my next level of growth. Okay. So again, I hope that makes sense to you. But going back to my body stuff and realizing I'm done talking to myself this way. I'm done with this shit. I'm tired of getting these DMs. And I was getting DMs from women too who are like, yeah, I've had lipo. I've had a breast implants. I've done a tummy tuck. I've done this. And I will tell you, Lindsay, it still doesn't go away. And again, I just got massively sad. I got massively sad for us as women. And too, as I'm telling my husband some of these things of like, here's the messages I'm getting and here are the thoughts I've been thinking. He's like, what is it? Because men get messages too, right? If we look on the TVs, most men look pretty similar. They're pretty well built and they have an overall generic look just like the women do. But men tend to not really take that to mean that much. And my husband was like, what is it about women? And I've been thinking deeper about that. And I've been thinking more about some other things I've been really working on, which is understanding autism and ADHD, because I've kind of mentioned on another episode, I think I'm on the spectrum for both of those things. And what's been interesting in that research is it's really hard to diagnose women with both of those things because women are so good at masking things. And again, I've just like really taken in that piece with why is it that women and their bodies are harder on themselves. And here's my theory on it. As women, we're so intuitive. And I don't know if there's a conditioning that we have at some point for us to want to please others or if it's just in our natural DNA. I don't know. But we do. We want to please others more. We want others to like us more. And so with that, we take society's messaging about our body or something else on a very deep level of like, this is who I need to be in the world in order to be liked and wanted and accepted. And I just think as women, that's what the issue is here is we're just, again, so intuitive and we want to be liked so deeply because I think it really is going back to like a DNA thing more than even just societal messages. Societal messages definitely are on top of that. But because I see it even with little, little, little baby girls, they do this. And so we take these messages about our bodies and our looks and everything else, right? And we just feel it on a deep cellular level. And so we sit around and we bash ourselves. And again, I'm done. 
like I'm done. And I will tell you, it's been three, four days now since I've had that kind of aha and really being like I'm done. And I've just felt such a massive shift. I haven't worn a bra once since then. And I don't have any drama about it. Even today, like I'm not even wearing nipple covers today. I'm just like fully me. And I'm wearing kind of a tight shirt so you can actually totally see my nipples through it. And granted, now I'm in my office and it's nobody's here. It's on a Sunday afternoon. I'm not going to see anybody at my office, but I am going to go get my nails done later. And people are going to see me. And I have very little drama about that. So I share all of these stories with you today because I just felt like this was what the message was that you needed to hear today. And I hope that you have some takeaways from these stories that you will be able to apply in your own life. And I will say that I do deeply believe that you loving the way that you look takes intentional body work. You know, be it with Casey or maybe you work with me and Casey's involved in that or you find your own healers and teachers to help you with body work. But it's just been deeply transformative for me to fully get in my body and and, and two, I think the mindset piece is out of that and in that too. You know, I will say that Casey doesn't just do body work. She does mindset work. And obviously I do a ton of mindset work and mindset's part of that, right? Of what's going on in my mind and my body to feel the way that I feel about my body and my looks or anything else, right? But this work is just so beautiful, my friend. And I really, my hope, my prayer for you today is that you get to a place too where you just deeply love yourself. And I know too, I want to say this is there are times when I hear other women who get on and say, oh yeah, I have this with my body and this with my body. And I'll be very frank with you. The thought that goes in my head sometimes with some of these women is fuck you, Becky, or fuck you, Susan, or whatever her name is. And if your name is Becky or Susan, I'm sorry. I I actually have a client named Becky. So Becky, I'm not talking to you. But yeah, it's just like, because then what goes on is like, well, you have, for me, you know, it's always been about breasts. Well, you have great breasts and you're going to say, and you know, it's like, it almost seems like I can't even accept when other women criticize their bodies because I see in them what I admire and I want in myself. Right. And so I can feel that off of some people that even me coming on here and saying, oh, it's my breasts, my breasts, my breasts, your brain will easily go to, yeah, Lindsay, but you're relatively thin or yeah, Lindsay, but you have this or you have that, that I want. And so fuck you, or in essence, you know, your body image isn't as bad as mine, or it's easier for you to shift out of it because you have all these other things. And I just want you to be aware of that because it's a bullshit answer your brain is giving you. It's just bullshit. I really hope you see that because truly my friend, we are all in this together And I just, again, I hope and I pray for you. I'm holding my heart right now as I say this, that you get to a place where you love the way that you look deeply because this isn't just impacting your own self-confidence. This is likely impacting your career. It's likely impacting your relationships. It's impacting every area of your life. And I have known that, but I am seeing it more and more. And again, I just really hope that there was something today that inspired you, allowed you to shift, And get to a place where you are going to do the work in essence to love your body. Because now I'm feeling like I'm just on this other side of it. I feel like I've had this massive transformation. And damn, it feels incredible. Incredible. It's almost like looking back at the last 36 years of my life and like, man, I wish I would have done this work so much sooner. But of course, everything happens for a reason, right? But just a beautiful place. So 
sending you so much massive love today. I just feel called to tell you how much I love you. Even if I've never met you, I deeply, deeply love you. I love your being. I love who you are, every part of you. And I hope you continue on your journey of growing and healing and loving the way that you look because my friends, it is worth work. It is worth the discomforts. It is worth the tears. It is worth going through all of the feelings to get to this place. And I'm sure I'm not done, but I'm really loving where I'm at right now. All right. I'll see you next time. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.